I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. There's a very useful four-letter word, and you're full of it. (laughs) Very good. So tonight is our review of the 1974 James Bond film, The Man with the Golden Gun. Mm. Yes. Yes, we threatened to do it, and here we are. Here we are doing it. Yes, I watched it last night. I believe you did as well. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's fresh. It is very fresh. Mm. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, And I have to say right up front, I adore this film. Interesting. I'll tell you what, it's because uh, I can't remember whether we said when we picked the next film, whether we said on air that the reason we were picking it is because it it kind of underperformed. It did underperform very much so, yeah. It it did not do well on its release. So our Um, our question basically was, uh, does it deserve that sort of press or was it actually a good one? Yes. Well, I've just given my opinion on that subject. Yes. <laughs> what was interesting is, um, well, Kaylee was in the room while it was on. Okay. And she claimed to not be watching it, but and yet, <laughs> and yet, opinions flying left and right. Ah, paying a little more attention than we'd like to admit to, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And she's not a Bond aficionado. She has most certainly not seen them all. Uh, I would hazard a guess that she's barely seen any Roger Moore films. Actually, we pinned it down. I think she's only ever seen For Your Eyes Only of Roger Moore's. Often. Okay, a uh, later one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she said, well, why? I said, I'm watching this because it's homework. She yes. Said, um, well, what, what, what's the context? Um, okay. And I explained, we, we are deciding uh, whether this is a good one, or whether it deserves the press that it got at the time of being a bit meh. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm from someone who doesn't like Bond and claimed to not be watching it. She was very venomous about it. Venomous? Really? I'm... Yeah, she just said, yeah, this is just bollocks. I wouldn't have thought there was anything in it that would make someone venomous. I mean, well, she was just, it was all of the opinions going. I just, what I think is the issue again, you're not fussed about Bond and you're watching one from the 70s, which is gonna, if you're not, if you're not willing yeah. to give it a bit of time, then it is gonna seem a bit it, out of it, touch. It did not feature highly on our list of which ones would you start with if you'd never seen one. Uh, um, yes. So yeah. it is, it is fair to say that it's a very 70s movie it is yeah 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 i mean you can you can tell that immediately from yes. Moore's collar okay, yeah, well exactly from... with that man yes indeed he he had uh yeah the wardrobe really took off in this one mm. um really started to become roger with the first film in which bond wears a double-breasted suit so there you go that's a good that's a good one um and <laughs> Um, it, he was wearing your favourite brand of watch as well, wasn't he? he was My wearing... favourite brand of watch. <laughs> well, it depends who's trying to flog it to you. He was because yes. he's wearing the old Rolex in this, isn't he? He is wearing the Rolex in this. Uh, yeah, a few good close-ups. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, because 
in all fairness, there is a hefty amount of product placement in this. There is a hefty amount of product. <laughs> yeah, there really is. We'll come on to the cars. Yeah, um, cars but, yeah. obvious, but like I say, lots of looking at Rolexes. Um, quite, quite heavy on the. Have you seen my tiny little Sony screen? Oh yeah, lot of and the walkie-talkies. Oh yeah, big close-ups of the Sony badge. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, that does happen. Um, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you see it on screen, although it is credited um, the Calibri lighter that is part of the Golden Gun. Yes, because they they made it didn't they they uh, did yeah uh, they, but yeah, yeah you don't you don't ever see the brand i don't think you do the logo is in the closing credits but i don't think you yes, see it yes, on the it screen yeah. yeah no yeah. no it's not like it's been uh engraved on any no. of his gubbins or anything like that well if it has you never see it no um so um, yeah yeah um so we should so we should dig into it a little bit. We At should dig into it a little bit, yes. Actually, one thing we should probably address up front is, because we discussed it off podcast and said that you ended up with a bit of tangent research, which we're not going to tackle here and now, but we are going to tackle separately. Correct. You commented that this was the last film to involve Harry Saltzman as producer. Mm. Um, and yes, I did. Uh, I went deep on mm. on Harry and and his history and why he uh, left the partnership after this film. So we'll we'll come back to that in another episode. There's kind of too much. Um, mm. I, I don't want to detract from the movie um, no, by that, talking about that too much here. Yeah, no, that's fair. We'll we'll note that and go. Yes, this was his last participation. So. It was, uh, and yeah, it's quite an interesting story um it's a bit off topic it's not particularly car related but well, um, it is most definitely bond related so, so that, that's that's fine we'll that, falls, that. that falls into our remit it's not an issue um yeah 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 but tonight is all film related not producer related um correct so shall we start with a little bit of context yes please um so the book um was the last of the james bond novels it was actually published a year after fleming's death mm -hmm. um in 1965 um and it was a film that they had toyed with making a few times um it was originally planned to follow you only live twice okay um after sean had said he wasn't going to do another one um they they had spoken with roger um, and Harry was absolutely sold. Cubby was not so sure. Um, and they had looked at doing The Man with the Golden Gun as Roger's first film, um, after You Only Live Twice, and they were going to shoot in Cambodia. Mm -hmm. Um, that obviously all went a bit wrong, and uh, Roger, um, the shooting schedule was delayed. Roger wasn't available. He'd signed up to do other films. I think he'd signed up to do The Man Who Haunted Himself okay. um, and a few other things. Uh, the Persuaders was kind of on the cards. Uh, so he wasn't available. And the schedule was delayed such that um, 
the winter shooting locations became available and they decided to do on Her Majesty's Secret Service next mm-hmm. um, with Mr. Lazenby. Yep. Um, it then came back round again after Diamonds Are Forever um, when obviously Roger was available, but they decided, uh, and it was appropriate for them to shoot in Jamaica, um, but they decided it was the time of the Black Panthers and the whole black exploitation thing, and they decided to go with Live and Let Die um, because that had a lot of black characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went with Live and Let Die. Um, and then it came back around again. But whilst the book is set in Jamaica, um, they uh, they obviously didn't want to do another film set mm. in Jamaica. Uh, so they went hunting around for other locations. Um, they looked at Beirut. Uh, they looked at Vietnam. Um, but they couldn't really find anywhere. And they eventually settled on Thailand, mm-hmm. um, which is where... Uh, this film ends ends up. So it's a film they'd wanted to do for a while. Um, and off the back of the success of Live and Let Die, um, they the studio was very keen for them to crack on with another one. And Live and Let Die and Golden Gun were almost shot back to back. There's, there's four months between them. Okay. Um, yeah, that's pretty swift. Pretty swift. Four months between wrapping on Live and Let Die and photography beginning on Man with the Golden Gun. So mm-hmm. it was pretty brisk. Um, shooting started on November the 6th, 1973. Um, although, interestingly, Roger Moore didn't start until the following April. Oh, okay. Um, and there are, there are actually a couple of scenes in the film um, which were shot with a double that aren't actually Roger Moore. Okay. Um, we'll point those out as we go as we go through. But um, he was he was busy at the time. He'd got this was the kind of height of his movie career. Mm. Um, and in so the reason that he didn't start till April was that he was in South Africa filming uh, Gold with uh, Joanna York. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so he he did live in that die. Flew to South Africa, did gold, then flew back to Thailand to start work on Man with the Golden Gun. So he was he was a busy boy at this time. Very good. Um, and um, yeah, so here we are, the ninth Bond film. Yep, that's it. Um, and well, we kick off with sort of shenanigans of the uh, well, quite the opening scene with. Bit of bit of booze, bit of lady, bit of three nips. Um, yeah, that's indeed. Bit of bit of Guinness and Tabasco. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A few few oysters on the go. Again, like Live and Let Die. This is a pre-title sequence that doesn't actually contain Bond. Uh, true. I mean, uh, the cheeky waxwork. Oh, cheeky waxwork that gets a bit blown off. Yeah, mm. indeed. Oh. Um, <laughs> Not like that. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, that would have been a very different sort of movie. Yes. <laughs> um, you don't know where that fifth bullet goes. Oh. So you're suggesting it went in the Jaffers? Um, well, he, he only shoots four fingers off, but there's five oh, shots. So no, you be the judge. This is true. Yep. Oh, dear. Well, that, that's something I hadn't really thought about, but there we go. It's been there now. <laughs> right. That's um, that ruined. Yeah, that's that's gone. So 
it'll be it the just, death it, of me yet, Nick Nick. Mm. Yes. And all that. Right. It's quite a tolerant relationship those two have got. Um, it is, isn't it? It's a strange relationship, though. There's a lot going on, mm. um, which we learn more of as we go along. But, yes. Um, yeah, it, we assume that Nick Nack is inviting these various people along to have a go at killing him. Yeah. Um, because he pays him before he goes in. Yeah. Um, half. You get the last letter and all of that. Well, I didn't know you were French. <laughs> no, now you know why. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, mm. But so's the the whole opening thing. and the I assume the theatrics are meant to sort of hark back to his circus upbringing i'm uh, that's my take yeah that's on. a good point isn't it yeah i mean they, the the basis of the character the history of the character comes straight from the book mm. um although the character itself is very different it's actually much mm. better in the film than it is in the book um uh he's kind of just a hoodlum in the book mm. but you know in the movie they make him a much fuller more sophisticated character um but yes i presume the theatrics of because of his love of the circus, yeah. Mm. Um, that, that was my take on it. I, I yeah, it's a good shout. I thought, yeah. I thought, oh, that's very, that's very insightful. Because it's what... all in there, isn't it? The flashing mm. lights and the mirrors and the, as you said, the waxwork dummies and mm. um, all the all the tricks. Yes. Um, again, oh, another wonderful Ken Adams set. Mm. Um, which kind of has no form to it. It's very clever. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You never quite work out, and you sort of see bits of, of other areas that we don't go into. You know, there's the sort of things on the walls, and it's it's all dark, and you don't quite know where the edges of it all are. Um, yeah, you can't really map it out in your head, can you? Not at all. No, and all the weird shapes, and mm. yeah, it's uh, it's a clever set, very yeah, clever set. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, well, like you mentioned about um, Scaramanga being more um, uh, fuller more character, fuller yeah. character yeah. in the film, I think I think that's very important because I mean you've got a very strong actor. Oh, um, one of the one of the strongest actually. Where of you all would, of them. where you would probably say actually. Could you sort of say that he's a bigger name than Roger Moore at this particular moment in time when that's that one a, popped out? That's a tough call. I mean, he was very known for Dracula at oh, the time. Yeah. But then Roger Moore was also known for The Saint. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, was he bigger than Roger at the time? I don't know. That's a tough call. Possibly. Mm. Possibly. I think we could probably argue that the only other time that's possibly happened with with... Terry Savalas and George Lazenby. Yes, well, almost everyone in the film was more well known than George Lazenby. Well, that, that's the problem. They picked incredibly famous people to work alongside. Yeah, they did. Even the likes of um, Ilsa Stepat was very big in Germany, even though she wasn't known worldwide. Um, mm, she's so, incredible. Yes. lady, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, charming. Yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah, entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, he certainly was known worldwide for for Dracula. Yeah, mm. yes, um, yeah, so, yeah, entirely it, possible. 
tremendous, but in general, a very good cast. Very good cast. I mean, again, you see, Britt Eklund was was really making a name for herself at this point. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is a good. It is a very good cast, and Maud Adams, of course, are the only um, uh, only recurring actress in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I mean, obviously Lois Maxwell and people like that, but you know, recurring villain. Uh, in, yeah, in, yeah, in the series. Um, yeah, she plays that well. Um, what's yeah. uh, uh, like I said, we're, I mean, we're not religiously steaming through this in order. However, no, no, no. So you mentioned the topic of recurring characters. Mm. A certain holidaying Louisiana state police. Oh, Sheriff Pepper. Yes, mm. absolutely. J.W. Pepper, Louisiana State Police. Here's my identification. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> a lot of that. A yeah, lot. apparently he was so popular that they decided to get him back. Which is odd, um, isn't it? Because you look back and go, eh, probably do without him. <laughs> well, Man with the Golden Gun is a strange film in that you're not, there's moments of kind of almost slapstick comedy, and there's also moments of you know, drama in it. Mm, um, it's yeah. a film, and I think this maybe maybe was part of its problem. It's a film that doesn't quite seem to know what it is. Hmm. Some of the stuff with Roger Moore um, was slightly odd as well. It's, although we haven't come to this scene yet, but the scene later on where he's slapping Andrea around in the hotel room to try and find out where Scaramanga is. Um, that's a very uncomfortable scene with Roger playing it. Uh, it is. He seems uncomfortable doing it. Um, he he but, would have been happy tickling her, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And it was partly that they were trying to figure out how to write for Roger because it was different to how they wrote for Sean. Um, but, yeah, there's a few places in it where it doesn't quite work, and I wonder mm. if that... that contributed to the problem was that oh there's a few scenes there that mm, a bit uncomfortable it, um, yeah it's a bit awkward here and there but it, i suppose he's still finding his feet isn't he um, well he's still finding his feet and the writers were still finding his feet on mm. how to write bond for him mm. um because his style was so different to what they've mm. done before the but, uh some of the fight scenes can be a little too choreographed, I would say. The yes, um, certainly the one in Beirut. Ah, uh, um, yes, I uh, have a magnificent abdomen. Oh yeah, <laughs> worst chat up line ever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it makes you want to vomit on the spot. Oh, it's really bad, isn't it? Awful. Oh, did that whole scene? A it doesn't need to exist because it doesn't advance the story at all. Um, well, he gets the he gets the bullet, which they then identify as Lazar's handiwork. We'll come on to that with the guy from Faulty Towers. Yeah, um, oh, God, but, yes, that um, doesn't help, does it? He does. That's another character that doesn't need to be there. But no. um, uh, yeah, the uh, we've jumped ahead slightly. Um, I but, think we're allowed uh, to jump around this time. We're, let, let's let's go free and easy this time, rather than linear the gold okey. line. See which one comes out better. Okie dokie. Well, yes, that the the yeah, that is a bit of a cringy scene. Um, yeah, um, mm. your dancing is superb. <laughs> yes, no yeah, that. Yeah. Um, there's also a blooper in that scene. Oh, is there? 
Do you remember this? I, we have, I've mentioned this before. Um, during the fight in the rear right-hand corner of the room is a dressing table with a mirror on it. And they knock it during the fight. And for a second, you can see the film crew in the mirror. Oh, yes, yes, I do recall, <laughs> yes. Because when they came to remaster the films for DVD, they were mm. wondering whether to take that out mm. um, and digitally blank off the mirror, but they didn't. They left it in because it is there. It's original. It's how it was. Well, that's um, everyone's. Uh, well, certain circles will be well aware of it, so you might as well own it, won't you? The difference, well, indeed, the difference with that fight scene is there is a little bit of blood, mm. which is unusual for Bond. Yeah, or, he gets or Bond of that era. Yeah, he gets a bit of a bit of a leak on there, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, then he has to go head off to the uh, nearest pharmacy. Because nearest he pharmacy, yes. Needs to get someone in sharpest to uh, fire that right out. Yes. That bullet's going to get fired twice. You mean there's yeah. no way to trace that bullet? You've no idea what it went through to get here. Mm. Yes, not not so good. So yes. Um, that's but it's interesting, good. that whole sequence is interesting because effectively, as we learn from the, the, the scene immediately after the title sequence, um, Bond's not actually on a mission. He's been relieved of his mission. Ah, uh, yes, I noted that down. No he's on a bit of an assignment. off... No, he's on a bit of an off-the-books thing here. Um, yet he's able to go back to Q and, and get a report on the... On the bullet, and the other guy from Faulty Towers is is there again. Um, I sell out board motors. Yes, <laughs> yes yep. so much more interesting than being a hotel inspector. Yes, yes. Oh. It, him. Mm. Yeah, and I feel the need to say, <laughs> Phil, Faulty Towers is a comedy show from the early to mid seventies. Very you good. May have, you may have heard of it. There good we go. to clarify like, that. Yes. He always likes that. It winds him up a treat. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> Well, then it's absolutely worth doing. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Classic um, British comedy. Anyway, um, yes, it is him. Um, but um, I do think, actually, just stepping back for a moment, I do think the scene in M's office uh, is is very well played. Um, yeah, that's good. I, I do like that. It's he's, M's not amused, but... He's, I wouldn't call him playful, but he's, he, he's... I think he's hes quite enjoying watching Bond squirm as they explain mm. to him that this bullet has been sent to him with his number on it and mm. um, who, would pay a, it. Yes, who would pay a million dollars to have me killed? <laughs> this is endless. Yes. Mm. Outraged chefs, humiliated husbands. Yes. Ooh, outraged tailors, and this mm. is endless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even if one of them couldn't afford it, they could probably pull their resources. Pull um, their resources and get rid of him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, that's that that is good. They, they do work off one another very well, actually. And they do. And Bernard Lee's um increasing um animosity towards his star agent. Uh, is really getting into its stride at this point. Mm. Um, interestingly, the other character in that scene, not the guy from Faulty Towers, the other one, um, uh, in the credits is Tanner, who, of course, yes. comes back in the Brosnan and Craig era. Yeah, and Tanner's obviously a, a 
firm favourite in the books. Uh, yes. It's very much a recurring character. Um, yeah, but we don't see him um, really come into his own until the much, much more recent films. Mm, mm. Um, but nevertheless, there he is. Um, yes, noted, very good. Chief like stuff. That. He does reappear in uh, For Your Eyes Only. Um, okay. Which actually doesn't have M because Bernard Lee had passed away. Ah, um, yes, of course. Yes, we had the uh, we had our only Bond film without M. Didn't we? Without M, and the Chief of Staff gives him his mission. Mm. A different actor, um, but um, uh, yes. Mm. Um, anyway, well yep. um, but yeah, I think the yeah nice scene in M's office where they ask him, you know, does he know? What do you know about a man called Scaramanga? Mm. Oh, he reels it all off. And goes, reels yeah. off the whole CV, yes, that's right, which is straight from the book. Um, yeah, and you go, oh, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't realise you were a stalker. Good heavens! Yes, yes. <laughs> you know a lot about this guy. <laughs> yes, oh. which is yeah, that's good. Um, with it being Roger, mm. it's really nice to see that the obligatory safari suit is out in action. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes, it is there when he goes to visit um, uh, Lazar. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, the white no, safari suit. Nicely at your groin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever gets you going. Um, Speak now or forever hold your peace. Mm. Yes. Very good. Uh, he yeah. plays that scene very well. That was good, um, yes. Uh, uh, that was uh, seemed to be a lot of fun had there. Yeah. Well, you can tell with this film, can't you, that Roger, for the most part, is really enjoying it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Yes, Get some good cool. information from Lazar. Um, I like the introduction of him. They've chosen an actor who had a sort of similar passing silhouette, facial silhouette, to Christopher Lee. Um, mm. And when he's sort of half behind the curtain... You know, trying oh, to yeah. look out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I've always got the impression they were perhaps just trying to, for a second, you, you made to think that that's Scaramanga. Yeah, um, yeah. I could. Uh, I've not thought of that, but I could. Yeah, I can see mm. that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good um, shout. Yeah, I don't know if that was intentional, but that's how I always uh, mm. saw it. Um, but nice little scene with him. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, that's good. Um, so we go through all the palaver of bullets and ladies and really dodgy oriental casinos. Um, yeah. Weird, yeah. That, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, yeah. We've... Uh, one thing that I did... Um, did notice uh, is that, obviously, some of the film partially evolves around the Solex agitator and uh, the solutions to the energy crisis. Solutions to an energy crisis, yes, that's right. Very, very topical, yeah. <laughs> as it's turned out, yes. Yeah, which I thought, well, I can't say for at the time because I wasn't there, um, but that now it, it seems to resonate more than ever. Yeah. Thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and there's there's a line later on, isn't there? Much later on, near the end of the film, where Bond says to 
Scaramanga, the oil shakes will pay you just to keep solar energy off the market. Mm. <laughs> well, that's what's happening now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the oil companies desperate to stop renewable energy. Yeah, they don't like a bit of it, do they? They do not. No, um, they're right it's on a the money. Very, it's a very topical story from that point of view. Um, uh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, what we talked so we're talking um, uh, 70 74. 74 release but um, uh, filming in filming 70, late seven, late 73 early 74 yeah. which is bang on the oil crisis it is bang on the oil crisis um, President Carter and everything that he was doing to try and tackle it yeah mm. So uh, yeah, it suppose, is. Yeah, it was topical at the time. Is. Yeah, um, but the solar energy stuff particularly resonates uh, today, probably more so than it did at the time. Mm. Um, I mean, the technology is complete bobbins in the film. <laughs> but... uh, it, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not bang on, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, you get a cheeky mirror out your rock, fire yeah. it through a little jobby, get your agitator, and then whew, power I everywhere. Mean, We've got solar panels on our roof. I'm not aware we've got an agitator anywhere. I'd have, have noticed. You, have you got a beam as well? Well, again, not that I've seen. <laughs> I, I know, like I said, I know we're jumping about and it's kind of on purpose. But obviously <laughs> the tension in that scene of him trying to acquire an agitator out of the gubbins. Yes, hitting it with his gun. Yeah, yeah all of that. And then good night in her ass turns it on oh just push every damn button will you so yes. that's happened uh so he's had a beam nearly take his face off <laughs> immediately yes. all the trust in the world not verified anything himself puts his foot right over it <laughs> I noticed that. yes so i would be a tad more cautious if that were me i'd be trying to do that at arm's length if at yeah. all possible yes yeah. Not I know the place. It. I know the place is on fire and it's going to mm. blow up any minute. But even so, mm. yes, I'm not. I'm not clambering all over it, having now seen twice what it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not brilliant. Scaramanga's staff. Yes, he, he's only got the two of them really. Um, he has a plant. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nack is the consistent servant. Well, he seems to be with him all the time, doesn't he? Because time. he's with him. He's with him on the boat. He's with him in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, yeah, he seems to be going around with him everywhere. Yeah, I think their reasons for being in Thailand generally are a bit questionable. But anyway, we'll we'll skim over that. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, you don't want to don't want to worry too much about that. Um, <laughs> what is a bit odd that Nick Nack has constantly got these little perv slots. That he peeks through. <laughs> he does. Whether it's in well, the he's got, his little, he's got his little control room there, hasn't he? Um, yeah, he's got his control room in the in the hollowed out rock in, yeah. in Thailand. Um, and then on the boat, he's got his little flaps that he can peer through. Oh, well, he, yeah, that's true, isn't it? Right above the bed as well. Yeah, that's a like, bit. Oh, what is he doing? Oh, do you like him to watch? Oh. <laughs> it's a very unique relationship. That's, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> they so, are a strange duo, aren't they? And then you've got the ever-mute Kra, who looks like 
Well, let's be honest. Look, he looks like he's been dragged directly from the set of a porn film. He does. I've always wondered if he was left over from living that time. What do you, do you reckon? He perhaps wasn't left over. Do you reckon he was promised a part and never had it and, went, oh, and didn't get one? Oh God! All right, you can have one in this film. Yeah, and all you're going to do is gesture at women. And then you're going to get hit over the head with an enormous spanner. Not like that. No. No. Uh, and the only thing after that is you look at, he, he lands in one of the coolant tanks and you think, um, if only mm. they had a lid. If only they thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Even though that whole, it's total nonsense. But um, the only noise he utters in the entire film is, Aah! Yeah, he has a little tumble and <laughs> then he's... That's it. He's, he turns to instant icicle, and that's he's it. all he's all bubbly down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, mm. it's, it's not the deepest part in the film, I grant you. No, but it's just. I mean, he's wearing his really dodgy boiler suit thing with the ridiculous moustache, and he's just, <laughs> I've come to fix your plumbing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, oh God. That's what he's used to, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's what his film career up to this point has consisted of, I fear. Mm. Yes. Yes, and not so great with that bit. No, that um, is a strange choice. You're, you're quite right. Yeah, mm. yeah. Scaramanga's staff are an odd pair. Yes, he's... Uh, Nick-Nack does me very nicely. Does he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's not polishing the silver. Yes. Mm. <laughs> he's... Mm. Hey, there's the whole thing, the whole setup there is weird. That's it. it, it when Bond arrives at his little island and he uh, shoots the cork out of the champagne and oses knick-knack down. Oh, yeah, a harmless oh, toy. Is it, it? No, it's a gun, mate. Yes. yes. <laughs> Have your face off. <laughs> mm. Oh, and he's in, um, in Highfat's garden, isn't he, wearing those little pants? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> You'd forgotten about that bit, hadn't you? Oh, God. It was only yesterday, but I'd blocked that bit out. He gets bombed over the head with some sort of... Incredibly yeah. fake fork, because you yeah. can see him wielding it around, going, well, that's made of paper mache, isn't that's it? That's clearly got no weight to it at all, yes. Yeah. You're not stabbing anybody with that. Uh, no, that's not going to get it done. So, no. no it's, yes, not here! <laughs> oh, no, then he goes off to the... Martial arts place, doesn't he? Take Mr. Bond to school. There you yes. go. <laughs> Which is again all a bit, all a bit weird because then you've got Hip and his, uh, what are they? Daughters, nieces? I can't remember. What's it. Uh, oh, it's only yesterday. Point, are they? Uh, yeah, nieces, possibly. Yeah, yeah. They're not. Not his daughters. They're not his daughters, are they? No. Yes, because later on he says their father runs the karate school. Yeah, so, so I they, think, I think they're nieces. Yeah, yeah. So they kick the shit out of every participant in that particular they karate do. school. Uh, nice Mercedes he's got though. Hmm. Yes, good. Two forty D. I suspect. Good um, Merc action in that film. Mm. Um, I've been trying to save ourselves for the cars. I think that should be our. Yes, crescendo. It's not as significant in the story. I just thought I'd mention it. Yes. No, that's fine. I think we, I think we'll conclude with cars because mm. they're big in this. Without, oh, God, yeah, because it's not a Bond car. He doesn't have Bond cars. No, I mean, not at all. No. There are a lot of cars. 
does some good stuff and i've i've done some research into it so yes um well that's good well i've got a few more points about the film in general so mm, we'll tackle mm. those but we'll yes. get to car then we'll summarize in general after cars i think that's oh, probably the best. Oh, um, well. one thing that um with all the the theatrical arena where all of these showdowns take place and obviously we end up there with Scaramanga and Bond doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel that Bond is portrayed too naively in that scene. Like he's con he fires off three shots in sheer panic it almost seems like like a big girl's blouse. He goes no, well, no, this the spy, come on. The PPK of that era was a six shot. Mm. Uh, later ones were an eight, but that one was a six. Yeah. Um, he fires one during the duel. That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, you expect to spin, turn, shoot, but yeah. no Scaramanga. He wasn't expecting Scaramanga to be dishonorable and scarper off like that. Um, Silly boy. So, so, yeah, he wastes one shot there, but that's fair enough. Mm. Um, he then, he doesn't <laughs> Well, I was get. I almost went a bit partridge there. And did move you? and fire and move and fire. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. No, not that at all. Um, oh. oh dear! Now this, I suspect this would have been one of his favourites. But anyway, mm. um, and then he's he does a bit of creeping around outside. I've never killed a midget before, etc. Couldn't like get away with that line today. No, no, no. Uh, no. Naughty line. <laughs> yes. Although I note the close-ups of the gun, it isn't cocked. Oh, okay. That's all right, then. So, just... That's, yeah. That's... But yes, you're right. Once he gets in there, he's quite quick to fire off the next two, isn't he? Yeah, he's a bit too um, jumpy for my liking. Kind of nothing. I mean, he fires at basically a picture of Scaramanga. Um, yeah. Uh, and then he yeah. fires again at the cowboy. Um, I, I, those are the two bits that I would sort of say that that doesn't fit his character, and it, it bothered me. Now I've never thought of that, but you're quite right. Yeah, you only have three bullets left, and all of mm. that. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, it's setting up jeopardy, but for the sake of it. Um, and actually, since he then drops the gun mm. and loses it, it actually doesn't matter how many he's fired. Because he hasn't got any of them, mm. so he could have just fired the one, and it but, wouldn't have made any difference because he then drops it. So, okay, but this what this lines up my next question for another note based on this end scene. Um, yes, he drops the gun, uh, but then he he knows that they spotted himself as a waxwing. Right, I'm going to dress up like a. It will never get this. Yeah, in, exactly. In, conveniently wearing the same shirt and trousers, so he can just pop the tie and jacket on, and he looks exactly the same. Well, it, it works because when he rocks up, he's wearing quite the jazzy jacket. But he oh, does it have, is. A but he he does have black trousers on, so it's fine. He has black trousers and a black tie, which is the same as the dummy. Mm. Um, the dummy has a black jacket, but also a, an off-white shirt, so it's yeah, a bit of convenience. But yeah, that is quite a jacket. He arrives in. <laughs> yeah, that's bold. That is. That is what not for 1974. It wasn't. Uh, no, I suppose not. No, we look at it now and go, whoa, 
interest yeah. in the dark, did you? Um, One of the reviews I've I remember seeing of this film once was um that uh Roger Moore looked more like a tailor's dummy than ever before. Oh, that's cruel. That's harsh, that, isn't it? That's harsh. It's just it's just the 70s. Relax. He Roger wasn't wearing anything that was at all outrageous. No. He, he really did, didn't. That was the look of the time. Mm, yeah, um, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I mean, no. I wouldn't wear any of it, but I don't have a problem with it. Well, I mean, the black suit is okay. It's just a black suit, but yes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, you, yes. you can lose the flaring element of the trousers, if you like. Oh, yeah, you could have a nasty accident with those. Oh, yeah, but okay. interestingly, whilst we touch on the topic of him disguising himself as his own waxwork, um, Scaramanga has kept the gun loaded. Well, that's my point. That was exactly what. Right. Okay. So, are you saying that this waxwork is holding a loaded PPK, or in all of the quiet where Bond inevitably climbs down from the scaffolding that he's a part of, there does he happen to pick up his gun that he dropped, or is he carrying a spare clip? And what did he do with the waxwork? Is there a stark bollock waxwork? Of, <laughs> well, of no, because he only needs he only needs the tie and the jacket. The, the shirt and the trousers are okay. Well, that's fine, but it's it's still kicking about somewhere. It's lying it is, on the it... floor with his arms pointing in the air. <laughs> so I never thought of that. You're right. What did he do with the dummy? Did he throw it off the side? No, because that would have made another weird noise. It would have made mm. everybody stop. So. It's mm. it's in there somewhere, isn't it? It <laughs> yes. is. Oh, yeah, it's... that is a bit weird. And he's had to get it out of the way silently. Oh, I'm willing to bet away a bit. I've yeah, never manhandled the waxwork. Although, if you look at it in the pre-title sequence, it is rocking back and forth a little bit. Oh yes, you're right. Actually, maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's more flimsy than it looks. Yeah. Because it well, because it's. Because he's standing in a slightly strange way, the feet are quite close together. Mm. So there's not a lot of you know, weight distribution there. Yeah, so, potential for toppling. Yeah, I think so. You need to mm. screw that down. Um, but obviously it isn't screwed down because Bond's able to pick it up and get it out of the way and okay. replace himself with it and do exactly the same pose mm. and hope that Scaramanga doesn't notice that the fingers have grown back. <laughs> Well, he, he he didn't notice, so it's fine. He didn't. That's true, but that's quite, I suppose that was Bond's only chance. He just had to hope that the gun had at least one bullet in it, mm. unless he had a spare magazine in his pocket, which is entirely possible. Oh yeah, yeah. He strikes me as being reasonably prepared. So. I would have thought he'd have at least one spare clip because it is only a six shot. Mm. Um, yeah. And that would explain why he's perhaps a little bit loose shooting them when he's in the. In in the mirrors. No, I still won't accept that. You don't know. Fair enough. No, no, no. no, no, no. It's, it's fair no, enough. No, I'm not having it. It's a valid point. It's a valid point. <laughs> um, he doesn't have quite as much fun in there as um, the Hitman in the pre-title sequence. Um, mm. no, he's I do quite like the I like the Al Capone reference. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he's quite chatty in there, isn't he? Now, let me just step back to that, and I know we're going right back to the beginning here, but. Uh, that um, whoever he is, we don't, we never find out his name. I don't think, do we? But he 
uh, is played by an actor called Mark Lawrence. He's the same actor who appears in Diamonds Are Forever. He throws Lana Wood off the balcony in the hotel. I didn't know there was a pool down there. Him. It's the yeah. same actor. Yeah. I like to think it's the same character. Um, I I could see that, actually. Yeah. yeah I could see yeah. that. That level of consistency, yeah. He play, He made it. His whole career was based on playing that character. In fact, yeah, <laughs> he did it loads of times. Um, I just think it's not because he's kind of dressed the same, same hat. Um, yeah, I, could, I, could I, I like that. to think it's the same. It's the same character as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely think that could be just a, a, an American stooge of some sort, and you go, well, yeah. actually, yeah, that it's the co- kind of consistency that you could believe. Without yeah. any real issue. I think so. Generic goon number three. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, because well, when you go back to Diamonds Are Forever, he's not even credited with. I think he's credited in the film, but not even with the proper name. No, the the yeah, actor is is called Mark Lawrence, but I oh, was he's passed away now. But um, uh, Los Angeles based actor, but he. Um, yeah, he's not he's not credited with a name, and I don't think he is in in this either. Mm. Um, but so um, yeah, that's entirely possible. I hadn't thought mm. of that, but yeah, I like that. Mm. I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, happy with that. Um, yeah. What other bits have I got here? Uh, theme song. That was it. Oh yeah, we have to touch on that. Yes, um, incredibly of its time. Uh, in Incredibly style of its and time. artist selection. Yeah, absolutely. But it fits really well. It does. I mean, if you're in a quiet room and that comes on, it will scare the shit out of you. Oh, that beginning bit. Yes. Yeah. Oh my. Goodness. I think, and it follows the gunshot of the of the pre-title sequence. Mm. Um, I think it leads you into the titles really well. Mm. Um, you know, he fires the. Five shots. We get the close-up of Roger's face and the the echo of the of the last shot, and then straight into that theme song. Mm. Um, I think that works really well. Slightly slower version of it across the end credits. Oh, but it soon ramps up again. Oh, it does. Yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's a little bit slower all the way through, actually, mm. and it's shorter. Um, I suppose when we say it ramps up, is Lulu's volume goes up. I think. Oh yeah, well, of the, which is a bit that'll that'll terrify you. you go, um, no, I'm awake, honest. My goodness me. Yeah, that'll get you going. Yeah. I believe the first time they used different lyrics to open the song at the end of the film than to the beginning. The whole "Good night, good night, mm. sleep well, my dear." No which... need to fear. James Bond is here. Yeah, that, and then cue the volume. Yeah, yeah, because. Um, the yeah. scary lady screaming at you again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he did quite well. Yeah, yeah, um, incredibly popular. And I, uh, I, I jest about it, but like I said, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. I think it's incredibly fitting for the film. The lyrics are um, um, on the nose. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think Don Black had read the script. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> and at not any point figured out what a metaphor is or anything like that. That's... No, 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 no. no that's, this is not the place for metaphor. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But um, no, yeah. no, we're doing it a disservice. It's incredibly well liked, and yeah, it I, is. I, I think um, it's I think it's really strong. 
as is yeah, the title cool. sequence generally actually from yeah, East Bender. Um, yeah i remember roger moore saying that there were certain places where the title sequence would be censored mm. um and they'd cut it out <laughs> mm. Mm. i didn't know but, that um, yeah, sorry, I was slurping my beer. You were slurping your beer. Uh, yeah, apparently there were there were a few countries that censored the titles on Golden Gun. Interesting. Um, yeah, I suppose though. I mean, we look at it with fresh eyes in comparison to when it was originally out, and you go, "Well, now you go, well, so what?" Yeah, but mm. then, mm. Mm, yeah, he was he was on the edge with a lot of what he was doing mm. um, with that, but. Uh, yeah, well, it uh, is and, bit, it is and as we know from the subsequent film, um, bit of bush. Bit of, oh. There we go. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yep. That applies here also. Yes. Um, yes. Yes, but fortunately, Partridge did not ruin this song for us. So. No, he did not. No clangor langs here. No, no, we'll get to that, but in no particular order we'll get We will there. get to that eventually, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it is a strong song. You're, you're right. It works very well with the style of the film. Um mm. And of course, uh, fits in, uh, wraps in beautifully with the John Barry score. Oh um, yeah, 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 most definitely. Mm. Um, re- really good. Um, so, should we should we get onto cars? Should we do that? Should we should we get into uh, get into the cars? Yeah, mainly mainly in Thailand. Uh, bit cheeky bit of Hong Kong. We've mentioned it before. Uh, the Rolls, for instance, and the, the green MG. Rolls Royce, yes, and the MG, yeah, that's true. Uh, the inverted bedpan, as yes, Bond right. calls it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and he's not wrong. The color is iffy. The color is very strange, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, that's a classic British label. That is color. a seventies <laughs> color, right there. But it at is. least uh, because it was getting very, very close to rubber bumper era, uh, seventy four, I believe. Uh, that's true. Yeah, uh, that's true. Fortunately, obviously filmed in seventy three, so it's still on the chrome bumpers, wire wheels. Yeah, the Hong uh, Kong stuff, I believe, was... Well, no, it must have been shot in 74 because Roger didn't start work until April of 74. So um, although some of it was shot in 73, they started photography in November of 73. Mm. But Roger Moore didn't start on the film until April of 74. Um, okay, well, I'm just... So, just thinking, so I definitely know. But they'll have acquired the car before then. So, um, well, actually, that yeah, because the because the chrome bumpers were made into seventy four. I think the rubber bumpers are technically known as the nineteen seventy four and a half. Okay, so, so we could be right on the tail end of the yeah. chrome bumper. I mean, we're not in America, of course. So no, so we got the we got the chrome bumpered wire wheels, but so because obviously mm. a lot of them around that time had the the kind of four spoke rust. Yes, that, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the alloys. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, um, but this one had the wire wheels. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And like you say, the green rolls, very nice. And all green rolls Rolls belong to the Peninsula Hotel. Yes, mm-hmm. and I believe that is still the case today. Oh yes, we see. We said that. Um, yeah. I'm assuming they're, cars. Yeah, they're not. They're not rocking around in shads. I assume. Um, no, I think they've updated them over the years. Mm. Yes, because if you cast your mind back to 1988, 
and uh, Michael Palin going around the world in 80 days. When he's in Hong Kong, he gets picked up at the docks in a green Rolls Royce and taken to the Peninsula Hotel. Good heavens, um, that is a long time since I've watched But that. it's the later Rolls. It's the really boxy 80s one with the big square headlights. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen it elsewhere as well with people going to the Peninsula in Hong Kong and they get they get picked up in a green roll. So I believe it's a, a kind of staple of the place that, you know, their courtesy cars are green rolls races. Um, yeah. So okay. yeah, that is, gen- that is genuine. That's, that's, that's really the case. I like that. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a bit odd that Bond didn't know that given how well traveled he is and how he likes to stay in fine establishments. Um, uh, yeah. You think he'd be all over that. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm just, I just had a quick, Quick Google and uh, yeah, there's some photos of some more modern stuff, phantoms and the like. There you go. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah, they're well known for it. It's a uh, you know, it's kind of mm. it's their thing. One of, one of the things you get when you stay at that hotel is that you get use of a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Some might say they could lower the price of the rooms um, <laughs> if they didn't have to maintain an entire fleet of Rolls Royce. I think if you're staying at the peninsula, you're probably not too bothered. <laughs> Are you suggesting you're not going to find them on booking.com? I'm going to suggest it's one of those places if you have to ask the price, you probably can't afford it. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. I think so. Yes. Mm. And as we learn in this film, you know, the producers aren't too fussy about uh, whose door they open for you. Oh, a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could open a door for me, though. Yeah. It's, no, well, who are you? You're not even staying here. Mm. No, but he's put, you say it with confidence. That's the thing, isn't it? That's uh, true. Yeah, mm. it's true. And he had bought a bottle of champagne off him because where else is he getting it from? Um, <laughs> No, no, no. He'll have found he'll have found some way of pushing it around and liberated it, wouldn't he? Oh, that's true. Yeah, he will. He'll have found it on a truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine. I'm having that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know he likes to drink. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's that dealt with. Um, okay. So <laughs> I suppose it's going to bring us on to the well, the cars that are just a clangor more than anything. <laughs> Well, all the all the left-hand drive American cars, right-hand drive country. Yes, because yeah, you look around, it's fine. It's fine. And it's going, all of these other cars are right-hand drive, and quite a lot of them are British cars. Some of them are European cars. Mm. And then you go, what we've got here is <laughs> Scaramanga has got his own personal car, which is an AMC. We then go to the AMC showroom, mm. and for some reason, Sheriff J.W. Pepper's there and wants to test drive an AMC on his holiday. Yes, it's uh, all uh, very strange, random. isn't it? Yes. Uh, and then the police. Oh, what are they driving? Yeah. <laughs> the Hong Kong police <laughs> are driving AMC cars. What's going on here? <sighs> it's it's very strange, isn't it? Yes, that is that is product placement at all costs. Uh yes, so uh, like you say, they are. It is a bit clangerish, shall we say? But it kind of all came as a package. Yes, um, that's fair. Yeah, they uh, 
they had the stunt team, the driving stunt team that they'd used for Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. And this team, um, I believe led by a guy called Jerry Como, might be wrong about that, but I think that's right, uh, assumed, he, because they were making another one, you know, basically back-to-back, um, he would get the deal uh, for um, Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. But one of his competitors, called W.J. Milligan, um, had a stunt that he had been developing for his thrill show, as it was called, uh, his automotive stunt show that he'd been taking around America. Yeah, And he'd got this stunt where he could jump a car, do a full corkscrew roll in midair, and then land it back on its wheels. Um, he'd had the idea for this stunt uh, and had had it all worked out uh, on computer. Um, it was actually the first car stunt in the world to be worked out by a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was done. Um, he'd been doing this stunt. Uh, he'd worked out the stunt in two, so it had been around a little while, and he'd done it in his own show for a couple of years. Um, it was all worked out by uh, a programmer at uh, Cornell University uh, called Raymond McHenry. And nice. he, yes, he had written some software. He worked for a company called Calspan, which was a division of Cornell University. And he'd mm-hmm. written some software, uh, which was being used by the National Highways Safety Bureau. They were doing investigations and reconstructions of single automobile accidents um, all around the world. Mm-hmm. And he'd written the software um, for this, uh, this program. Um, but he'd worked out that it was mathematically possible for a car to hit a ramp, roll over in midair, and then land back on its wheels. And he'd worked this out with this stunt guy, W.J. Milligan, and they'd got it to work, um, and he was doing it in his show. And he'd heard that there was a new Bond film being done and he quite fancied getting in on that action so he contacted cubby and said i've got this i've got this stunt um Mm -hmm. that i've been doing um i think it would go really well in a bond film are you interested um and um cubby said yes but um you need to be able to perform perform it for us on camera um and I want to buy the rights to it. I don't want anybody else to be able to use it. I want exclusive rights to it. Um, okay. Uh, and he agreed. And he sold the patent of this particular stunt to um, Eon Productions. Uh, and hmm. uh, they, they bought it. Um, and um, uh, it was called the Astro Spiral Jump. That was the official name yes um because he'd been milligan had been performing it at the houston astrodome in texas that's where the name came from Uh, that's that's where he was he'd been doing his show um so he and his crew were flown out to thailand um but they weren't allowed to use their own cars um they had worked out a deal milligan had worked out a deal to uh, use AMC 
cars. AMC were very keen at getting their vehicles in movies. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he'd done a deal with them that he would use um, AMC cars. So when he approached uh, Cubby, that was part of the deal was that, yeah, okay, you can, I'll sell you the, the rights to do this and we'll come and do it for you. Uh, and you'll obviously pay us for doing it, but it has to be, uh, it comes with AMC sponsorship. It has to be done with AMC cars. Mm -hmm. um, that's how they ended up with them in the film. Um, and uh, obviously Scaramanga was driving an AMC Matador and yep. Bond was driving an AMC Hornet hatchback. Uh, yep. There was a saloon version of it, so the hatchback is... Um, uh, is yeah, yeah, uh, it's important to note. Yes, I, think, I think that is important in the sense that I'm sure that came up in one of our famous quizzes. I think it did, yeah, and I don't know whether we said hatchback, actually. We may have lost a point on that. Um, no, I think, actually... More likely is the answer on the question sheet with AMC Hornet. And, then, and we said, yes. Oh, I think you're fine. I think you'll find it's the V8 hatchback. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, probably at which point, uh, do you want the point or not? Yes, please. Uh, probably a bit of that. Yes. Yeah. I, I said that, yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. Then you probably remember that better than me. But uh, anyway, so, so they had to do it with, or they selected to do, they had to do it with AMCs, and they selected, obviously, the Hornet uh, as the car that uh, Bond and the Sheriff are in. Mm -hmm. um, now, the car needed um, heavy modification. Yeah, just a um, bit. Just a bit. It had to be, for the calculations to work, the car had to be perfectly weight balanced 50-50 in both directions, so front to back, left to right. Mm -hmm. um, they had to uh, widen the track by two and a half inches. Um, it was fitted with a roll cage. It had reinforced suspension, so it could take the landing. Um, the VA engine was moved back behind the front axle to help with the weight distribution. There was some weight put in the boot. Um, the... Uh, steering was moved to the center, mm -hmm. um, and the, the driver sat in the center with a dummy bond and a dummy sheriff on either side. Um, and he had to hit the ramp at exactly the right speed, I believe 43 miles an hour. Okay, yeah. That was part of the calculation. The ramp had to be angled just, just so both ends of the ramp had to be just right. Um, huge amount of setup went into it um milligan and his guys modified the car um uh, and it still exists today we'll come on to that um and um yeah there there they there they were out in thailand they built this ramp on either side of a of a river um they'd got the car um they'd selected the guy who was going to do it uh a guy called Lauren Willard, Bumps Willard, he was called, um, was his name, and he did the stunt. He he worked for Milligan, and he uh, he did a lot of his kind of jump stunts and things like that. But he'd never done this stunt before. Um, oh. So they got it all lined up. They'd got you know everybody was very nervous. Guy Hamilton, the director, was very nervous about it. Cubby was nervous. Um, everyone was there. Um, Christopher Lee was there, Roger Moore was there, 
to watch it. They had ambulances. They had uh, divers in <laughs> the water uh, ready to go in after it if the car ended up in the river, if the ramp broke or something. There was a very high chance that the car would end up upside down in the river. Mm. So they also had a crane just off camera because they'd worked out they could send in divers with a, a winch and a cable and bring the whole car and the driver up in one faster than they could send in divers after just the driver. Um, okay. So that well, was the plan. If it went wrong, they were going to lift the car out of the water uh, with a crane, um, huge amount of lifting equipment there. Mm -hmm. The driver, obviously, in a five-point restraining harness, yeah, so yeah. not easy to get out of. Um, no, 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 no. Not so if he, if he did go in the drink, it was quicker to bring the whole car out. Um, mm. So there they all were, all set. Um, cameras all lined up, ready to go. Um, and off he went. And uh, it uh, went perfectly. And the shot in the film uh, is... The only time it was done, the the stunt was done in one take. Yeah, you, you don't want to be fannying around and keep doing that. Do not no. chance your arm. Well, funny you should say that because they they did the stunt and it worked perfectly. Everything went exactly to plan. The film of it was spot on. You know, blue sky behind it and every the weather was perfect. Everything, it was absolutely right. And Guy Hamilton said, oh, "It looks a bit too good." Looks too perfect. And Cubby looked at it and he said, It doesn't feel. It's mm. so perfect. It looks like a model. Maybe we should do it again. Nope. Nope. Apparently, Mr. Willard said, We're certainly not doing it again because that's the only time I've done it. And we're <laughs> bloody lucky to have got away with it. Um, should we? I mean, it's a massively impressive feat, and one that's, it was one that's ingrained in cinema history. It's one that's it ended up in the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah. However, absolutely. there is an elephant in the room. I think I know what you're going to say. The I don't like to mention this because it spoils the, it. The poxy slide whistle. What were they thinking? What, what is that about? See, that comes back to what I said earlier about this film not quite being sure what it wants to be. Mm. Um, I get the bit of light relief afterwards where Pepper ends up in the back seat. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I've that, never fun. done that before. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah. although we we missed the uh, the line that initiated it. All one of my favourites. Oh. I'm not thinking. I sure am, boy. <laughs> Ever heard of Evil yeah. Evil? Mm. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful delivery from Roger Moore. Uh, um, yeah. But that whistle in the middle, that can just take oh, Who thought of that? I can't believe John Barry put that in. Hmm. But it is on the soundtrack album. Oh, it's, it's a bit crass, isn't it? Doesn't need it. What you actually need over that is complete silence, I think. Yeah, yeah, you need that intake of breath, no noise. I think so. And he's landed it. Yeah, as the car is in midair, rolling hmm. over, you do. I don't think you need any sound. Because um, actually, the, uh, when you say about the car being a midair, they slowed it down, didn't they? Yeah, slightly. Yeah. It was. It does look absolutely perfect, mm. and the whole thing done in one take. That's the only time it was done, um, and it does look absolutely perfect. And I get the argument that it looks too good. Mm. 
maybe we should do it again and try and mess it up a bit. But of course, the risk was if you're deliberately trying to mess it up, you're going to kill someone. Yeah, that's it. You just go. That was you know an what? incredibly we, dangerous thing they did. We got away with this. Let's not. Yeah. Let's, well, let's the stuntman refused. This. He said, "We're not doing it." Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, bollocks <laughs> to that. And apparently, later in the day, I this somewhere later in the day, Cubby went and found him and gave him a fistful of hundred dollar bills. Said, "There you go. Good job." I heard that it was more than a fistful. Well, it might well have been. Yes. I I've heard rumours that this on the spot was given 30 grand. <laughs> yeah, it might well have been. Yeah, I could believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Cubby Which, was a very generous man. Yes. Uh, yeah, and he was just going, you know what, you, you've earned that. You're, you're still yeah. with us. You've done it well. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone was there to watch it. Mm. Um, and it, it was, it's the most impressive thing in the film, really. It was an incredible piece mm-hmm. of stunt work. Um, now, the car... Um, which still exists oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. today. Mm. Uh, yeah, so just to touch on it, the, the heavily modified horn, which I think only had about 10 miles on the clock because it was brand new. Mm. It was straight off the line. They modified it. It did this stunt, and it's never done anything else. Mm. <laughs> it's all it's ever done. It went back because it belonged to um, Milligan, uh, mm-hmm. stunt coordinator. And after filming, it was... Um, shipped back to the US uh, and it went into his private collection, it went into his workshop and there it stayed um, until his death in 2017 um, where his son uh, auctioned it off, it was auctioned at Sotheby's Um, now what do you think that would have sold for in 2017? Have a a guess have a guess, what would that what did that sell for? No googling. What did that no, sell no, for? No, no, you you can hear it if I'm off typing. Um, yes. Hmm. I'll give you the guide price if you want. Yeah, go on then. Guide price at the auction was two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, I'm going to hedge my bets and actually say uh, it went for less. It did go for less. That's very good. I um, I think it's something. It's a car and a stunt that is revered in Bond circles, but probably gets a little bit forgotten outside. The car was in as jumped condition. It, it had never done anything else. It literally left the set, was shipped back to America, and it was pushed into his workshop, and there it stayed. So okay, it's, it's exactly as it was used. I am going to say it not only went low, it went quite low. Uh, Sixty-two thousand five hundred. <laughs> That's very specific. Yeah, I'm... very specific. Um, it went for a hundred and ten thousand. Okay. That's yeah. I I mean, I nowadays I can see it going for more because everything has gone insane. Oh, now yeah. I mean, AMC generally find one don't go for particularly big money. Um. Yeah, they're not. They're you get not, a bit uh, of him, did you, going up the road? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. nice. We haven't had him there for a while. We haven't had we? him for ages, have we? And the window's closed. Yes. 
Oh dear. Yeah, I don't know. We've, I, I think the listeners will be upset because they've not had this for a while. We've not had him for a while. There yeah. he is. Oh, there you go. You've sent me some pictures. I've just sent you a couple of pictures of the actual car. Yeah. There he is with his seat in the middle. There he is. Seat in the middle. You can see the wider track of the front wheels there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, hundred and ten thousand dollars that sold for to a private collector in, in twenty seventeen. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it's a shame because you think actually that should be more revered. I would say. I think so. If even if you're not particularly into the film, the stunt was so impressive. Mm. Yeah, um, it was, and a one of a kind. You mm. know, well, I mean, no one can do it on film now because it belongs to um, Eon Productions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he bought they it, hold, and it's that's still a thing. So yeah. they they hold the patent uh, to that to that stunt. Um, mm. They did slightly use it again in a later film. You remember where? That's made you no. think. Isn't it? No, I'm. Um, <laughs> it's I'm used in uh, the world is not enough. At the beginning, Bond's oh, using the key with the, with the boat. Yeah, yes. yeah. And he does it. The boat does a somersault when it jumps over the sun sea mm. and takes out the the bridge. Um, it does a somersault in midair. It does. Yes, I do recall that. Yeah, mm. and I like to think that's a little nod to Golden Gun. Yeah, because that's uh, I've seen some of the behind the scenes of that, and that looked like faff. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, well, this was quite a lot of faff. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, that's it, well. At least the car one was all done in one go. It seems like they just that the whole pre-credits of the world is not enough. It's not only long but yeah. bloody complex as well. Yeah, it is complex. Yeah, that was that was weeks of shooting, wasn't it? Mm. To get that, yeah. And I believe they did. They had several of those boats to try that jump mm. with, um, and several sun seekers as well. Yes. Um, whereas in Golden Gun, they had one car. A car, yes. There you go. A car, and they did it once, and mm. it, it went perfectly. But it might not have. I mean, the driver could have been killed doing that. Easy. Oh, yeah, that, that, that could have been court case, no film, all done. Yeah, absolutely, it could. Yeah, and AMC want their sponsorship money back. Mm. <laughs> But, um... Yeah, but no, all was well. But boy, it, it still doesn't get around the fact that what on earth are they doing in this film? I know it's product placement, but it's it's. I mean, they're shoehorned, it, and then there's it that makes absolutely no. So the 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 worst bit, as you pointed out earlier, was giving AMC cars to the Hong Kong police. Mm. There is no way. Oh, that it's that weird. It's very strange choice, isn't it? Yeah, but mm. I think it was because the stunt guy Milligan had worked out this sponsorship deal without really thinking about it, mm. um, and went to Cubby with it as a kind of finished package. Mm. And said, "You can have this stunt, but we have to use AMC cars." And yeah, mm. uh, I think it was kind of a done deal before it got anywhere near the production. Yeah, which is fair enough. I mean, we just have to accept it, but it it, it does jar a little. Well, it just doesn't make sense, does it, at all? Mm. Um, but I suppose if you don't know that Thailand is right-hand drive and you just kind of 
you may overlook it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I point out to Kaylee, and she's like, "You just need to get a life." And like, all right, okay. it is. Yeah, I suppose maybe it's just. I don't mm. know. Maybe it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it could be us. Probably not specifically just us, but oh no, I've heard that it bothers other people. But yeah, um, it's probably not as big an issue as as we think it is. Yes. No. Right. <laughs> Okay, so we've covered film, we've covered cars, we've covered songs. Uh, oh, briefly actually on songs before we get to a wrapping up point. Um, the there was another version of the song. Oh, was there? Okay. Uh, by a, a rather different artist. Uh, do I know this? I don't. Uh, know I don't. If I do. uh, Alice Cooper. I did know that. Yes, I have heard this. Yes, yeah. That yeah. would have been a bit different, wouldn't it? That would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That would have been a little bit different. Mm. I suppose, sort of following on a little bit from "Live and Let Die." Um, mm, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah I suppose been, that would have difficult, yeah. though, because I mean, you go "Live and Let Die," you've got your, you've got your middle of the road. Paul McCartney and his wings. Mm, yeah. His chirpy little Liverpudlian doing your song. <laughs> you got an angry, snake wielding, long haired, leather clad lunatic. Um, lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it would have been a bit different. Mm. Yeah. N- n- yeah. Uh, but don't I- get me wrong, I've got all the time in the world for a bit of Alex Cooper. I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to problem. And he's huge, petrolhead. So he would have mm. he would have appreciated the AMCs there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I'm sure he, if it, his song was used, he would have wangled a free one out of it. Oh, he'd have he'd have ended up with a hornet. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that would be the right choice, actually. I mean, if we if we're rounding off the car bit as well, I'd have the hornet over the matador. Oh, no question about it. Yeah, no good. question about it. I have seen road um, because it was down at Bewley last time I. I went. Um, it was the 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 sort of Bond in Motion collection, but before it became Bond in Motion. Yes, yeah, I've, um, I've seen the same one. It was in yeah. that little outbuilding in the yes, early days. Yeah. It was uh, along with a number of others, but they did have a Hornet there, mm. which I believe was screen used. Mm. Um, but it wasn't this stunt one. It was one of the road cars. It was just a stunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, a fair. There one. is another blooper. In that is chase there? sequence, there is. It's very small, mm. but I noticed it many, many moons ago. Gone. Now, Bond's hammering down the road there, mm. and they realise that Scaramangas and Nicknack are on the other side of the river. Yes. We won't, we won't delve too deep into how he got on the other side of the river, but anyway. No, let's um, not worry about that. Let's not worry too much about that, and... Sheriff Pepper said, you goofed, boy. Mm. And he does handbrake turn, turns it around, and fires it back up the way he came. Yep. There's a close-up of Roger Moore. Yep. Sheriff Pepper says, the last bridge is two miles back. That bit. Mm -hmm. If you look in the rear window of the car, halfway through that close-up of Roger Moore, you can see a big piece of cloth fall down over the rear window. (laughs) <laughs> which I believe was something they'd wrapped around the camera rig- rigging, which was strapped around the roof of the car. 
Oh, okay. To stop it scratching the paint or denting it, and they—they, they, you know, there was cloth wrapped around the bits of scaffolding that were holding the yeah, camera yeah. At the side of the car, and some of that cloth had come loose, and it flopped down over the rear window. Watch it; it's there. Oh, I'll have to dig that out because I—I'll um, skim over over to that bit because I don't remember seeing that. It's there. You have a look. Just I'll as Sheriff there. Pepper says, "Last bridge is two miles back." Look at the rear window of the car. Okay. Yep. I'll go and have so, a, I'll go and it's, search. It's that tiny, out. but it's there. <laughs> good. Ah, right. Uh, good stuff. It's a good sequence. That it's a good driving sequence. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, happy with that. No. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, we're not happy with the car selection, perhaps, but we're happy with the. I quite like the Hornet. The Matador is a bit weird. Um, as a lot of AMC stuff was, but mm. I quite like the Hornet. It just has no business being in Thailand. That's the yeah, that, that's the <laughs> issue, isn't it? It's not the car so much; it's its mm. place there. Yeah. Yes. So, where where did where does that leave us? And we 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 need to decide whether this is masterpiece, and all of the reviews are a bit too harsh, or whether when you revisit it. Is there an element of truth in the harsh reviews? Well, it'll always be special to me because it's the first Bond film I ever remember seeing. Mm. Um, and I've watched it a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a perfect film, but I don't think it deserved to do as badly on launch as it did um is it as good as live and let die mm. I, I think it's as good as and that's partly because of the villain it's such a strong villain yeah you are you are entirely correct um i really like it and i oh this is as badly as it did this is fascinating I mean, say fascinating. I, I, I may have overegged that. Um, <laughs> What's I've had a little, fascinating? I've had a little click around. Right. Well, I put, I put the question to you again. Right. Is this masterpiece or is it flawed? Is it not? I, I think it's judged too harshly. Yeah. Um. Like, yeah. Like, like, not just a little bit. I judge really too harshly. I think it. I think. It works superbly as a Bond film, and I think people just need to, to relax a bit. Yeah, um, I agree entirely. I'm not saying it's perfect. I don't know. I'd call it a masterpiece as such. No, no, no. It's not true. an On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Let's be honest. It's not an epic like that. No, that's um, fair. That's fair. Um, but it is a very, very good Roger Moore '70s Bond film. It is a proper Bond film. It is, um, and you. You put it up there and said, "Look, I like that as much as I like Live and Let Die." Yeah, if Which, not a little bit more. Um, I agreed with your original stance. I would put them on a par. <laughs> yeah, I could. I couldn't choose between the two, if I'm honest. Uh, I will. I will watch Golden Gun more than I will watch Live and Let Die. Um, okay. But again, that's partly because it's it's a special one to me because it's the first one I remember seeing. Um, so that's a very personal thing. I don't expect you to, you know, necessarily be on board with that. Um, no, no, that's a bit 
that's a bit more specific to you, but I, yeah. I think I think they're on a par. And the bit that I found interesting um, and gave me a chuckle is I happened to go on to IMDb, and their rating is identical. <laughs> is it? <laughs> mm. Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, and the the rating for both is six point seven out of ten, which I think is harsh on both counts. That is harsh. They're worth more than that. Mm. They're definitely worth more than that. Both minimum minimum eight. Minimum. Yeah, minimum eight. Minimum yeah. eight. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um. I, yeah. Absolutely. I think with Golden Gun, as I said, it's a lot of it is down to the. It's such a good villain. Um, yep. It's so much better character than he is in the books. And Christopher Lee just plays it so well. The yeah. scenes between him and Bond, you know, when they first meet in the boxing um, arena mm. and when they, uh, they have, you know, the, the lunch scene on the island. Yeah. Um, when I kill, it is on specific orders of my government and all that. Mm. See, that's a wonderful scene. <laughs> play really well off of one another yeah i mean they knew each other so they had you know great chemistry but um christopher lee just plays it so well and of course um he was ian fleming's cousin yes this is so he had a link to bond and he had worked in the secret world during the war as well oh yeah it's fascinating life fascinating life spoke something like eight languages with no accent photographic memory mm. very very intelligent man um yeah as you say a fascinating life mm. but again so delighted to be in a bond film because of his personal connection to the whole he used to play golf with fleming um, oh. you know they were they knew each other well um and to be uh, i think one of the strongest villains in the whole series oh yeah he's right up there yeah. No, no question about it. Definitely. Um, they very much make him the dark side of Bond, which yeah, yeah. Uh, and none of that's in the book. It's one of the rare cases where the character is better in the film than it is in the book. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 you're going to get no arguments from me on that. Um, well, all right then. Well, what, what we've done when we've concluded all of the other films is we basically... we. We've not really rated them. The only thing that we say at the end of them is whether you should go away and watch them yourselves because they're good or you don't need to bother because we've done it. I think we've kind of already covered that, haven't we? <laughs> we have. Um... You should absolutely immerse yourself in the man with the golden gun. Not like that. Not like that. No, don't. Oh my God, you can't end it like that. Yes, please go and watch the man with the golden gun immediately. And do not dwell at all on what he's doing in what he's doing in what? <laughs> of all the places for you to cut out. <laughs> Thailand. <laughs> oh, God, right. Yes, I'm, I'm leaving that mess in. <laughs> you usually do. I do. Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>